Today's episode features Bliss, an herbalist, movement guide, and holistic healer. We recorded this episode last year in the midst of COVID while we were waiting for a snowstorm. As we face a new wave of the pandemic, the conversation surrounding mental, physical health, and trauma remains ever-present. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Happy listening. Follow me on IG at Diary of a Black Social Worker. I started my business about two years ago when I first got into my yoga and meditation practice. And I just felt like it would help others as it helped me heal from my racial trauma and my just personal growth and self-confidence. So I started offering these sessions in person. It was at home because I felt like if you could create a peaceful space and environment for yourself in your home environment, you'll feel more inclined to do it consistently. Um, So it was typically um, an at-home practice, but then with COVID, we transitioned to a virtual space. Um, So I continue to offer those uh, services and healing offerings um, virtually, but then I also felt very grounded by my herbal practice. So I have always made um, my own products for myself and for family and friends. And ironically, pre-COVID, I was going to just share some herbal products I was gonna make with friends and family. But then when I felt so comforted and grounded by my practice, I felt compelled to share that with others. So my family and friends soft launch kind of went to a public launch very quickly. (laughs) No, that's Um, awesome. (laughs) Great. So I do appreciate COVID for pushing me to be fearless in my work. Um, And I'm so thankful it has served and supported others with their anxiety and stress, with all this uncertainty that we've been handling. Um, and then my- No, and we'll definitely- Yeah, sorry. We'll definitely get into that. Yeah, no worries. No, it's exciting. And um, I'm happy that your family, your support, your network of support pushed you out there mm-hmm. and helped you to facilitate something, you know, great and that's so needed right now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So yeah, you can go ahead and tell me a little bit more. Yeah, and then my healing sessions um, also came out through COVID where uh, everything that was going on during the summer was having my emotions and my anxiety at an all-time high. And I had to take some space for myself to recognize that I didn't need to be healed because I also don't think anyone is healed in of, in mm-hmm. of itself um, to be able to heal alongside my community. So I started offering um, community healing circles for the BIPOC community and for specifically the Black community. And I got Mm -hmm. such a resounding support um, and invitation from those that I moved to transition it into personal one-on-one kind of counseling, talk therapy. Uh, We do meditation Mm -hmm. and movement in those sessions as well. And I've been really humbled to be able to hold that space for others as they heal from their own racial and ancestral trauma. No, thank you. And it's it's you. You've said so much already, right? The trauma. Um, so many people are reaching out to participate in these safe spaces and to participate in in these practices. Mm-hmm. You mentioned COVID being a blessing, but um, in a sense, you know, having the business um, expand. Has it affected, you know, 
the in, the way that you're interacting with with clients when they do have yoga is it set up via zoom you know um yeah. what does that look like yeah so i've had to transfer everything um to a virtual space and i don't know if it was the accessibility of being able to access these services in a virtual way or if it was just where i was in my business that that aspect of my work has grown um it's it is a different feel and i've had to get very acquainted with setting up a whole space in my very small apartment in new york um to be mm-hmm. able to uh share that movement practice um with others in that virtual way but i do think it has tear down those boundaries and also the mm-hmm. stigma that comes with it of having like a private yoga instructor come to your house sounds like a luxury. It doesn't sound like something that's accessible to the everyday person. Um so for me I make sure my rates are accessible, I make sure the practice itself is also accessible. Um I do a lot of chair yoga, I do a lot of movement that you don't even need a a mat for. I actually very specifically always say like don't bring your mat even if you have it because I Mm-hmm. I want folks to feel that movement is something outside of what you can do on the mat. I do movement while I'm washing dishes, while I'm brushing my teeth, and it's my way of connecting with my body so that I know, hey, today was a stressful day. You're feeling a little tension in your shoulders. Let's breathe a little air into that space. Um but then Absolutely. also for me to just check in myself of my own anxiety, my headspace and to know what my emotional and mental capacity is that some No that's that's awesome that's awesome and so I'm very kind of, I'm fascinated you know you mentioned just being cognizant of your body and your movement while you're brushing your teeth now I know that we're recording by a podcast and maybe we'll have to do like an Instagram live or something so you know to show people the visual mm-hmm. of brushing your teeth but what does that look like you know describe yeah So for me brushing your teeth is kind of like making tea. It's a really meditative movement where you can kind of tap out. Um you don't need to consciously think about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So I tend to often close my eyes. Um I may do some squats, some side crunches, um and just kind of do a overall check and as I do some general movement in my body to see where it might be a little bit tight where it might be holding some tension mm-hmm. and I love it because brushing your teeth is something you do in theory twice a day if you're mm-hmm. yes how we should be all doing but sometimes <laughs> I don't either <laughs> but um as part of like my bedtime routine with many other things it has really given me that time to decompress and notice where I need to hold a little bit of extra space for myself. No, that's um, great. So yeah. Great. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> it's so funny cuz I I will be doing that tonight cuz I know that you know I think all of us it's really helpful for all of us to have a um a bedtime practice, right? It's our safe space for getting ready for bed to to start to refresh to renew. And so I'm going to try that tonight because that helps to settle as you're talking about. I'm like, yeah, I could see that. I could see me doing mm-hmm. that. I hope some of the listeners are able to see it <laughs> visually. <laughs> see that. a little bit. Um you seem like very grounded as you said you've been through, you know, ob- obviously all of us have this journey, you know, this life journey. Mm-hmm. Um how did you get introduced to yoga? 
Yeah. Um, so I've been scratching my brain. I can't remember what was my first instance or introduction to it. But I do know that I was very lucky that my public high school in New York um, offered yoga once I was probably like a senior in high school. Um, and our gym instructor would just free up these mats and we started just learning these different movements to do. Um, I definitely don't think I took it as seriously as I could have <laughs> being a teenager, but it was just nice to do something different in gym class. Um, I am not an athletic geared individual, mm-hmm. so traditional gyms um, and sports how it's been in the school system never really made me feel welcomed. So it was mm-hmm. nice to do something a little bit different and slower pace. Um, and from there, I don't think I continued it at all. But once I was in college, I I had access to more spaces of different ways to connect with yourself, different ways to work out in that wellness space. Mm-hmm. And I started just watching YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be very frank, yoga studios never really made me feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. I also feel like I did my yoga practice for a different intention than those spaces did. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, it was much less of a workout. I'm a a big cardio girl, Mm -hmm. so when I want to work out, I want to sweat, sweat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But for me, yoga was very much or so always was a spiritual practice. And although I didn't know the nuances, I didn't know the cultural and traditions that it was rooted in, but yet I felt like I could feel it. Mm-hmm. And it, it it was ironic that the yoga movement really just served as a space to prep my body and mind for the meditation I would seamlessly fall into afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I honestly didn't even know that was meditating. I just thought I would just sit with myself. <laughs> right, right, I didn't right. Have the, yeah, I didn't have the language to connect it to. Um, so then years later, I had... I was in a very toxic workplace and I had a good friend mention to me that meditation was something that really helped her. And I will be very frank, I was a skeptic. I was like, yeah, I know, people always say that. And I was like, but I have a very serious problem. <laughs> right, <And> right. It, <laughs> that yoga cannot it, fix. Yeah. <laughs> or or so I thought, exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, it obviously was one of those situations where you felt the problem was so much bigger than something like this, that something seemingly so small couldn't solve it, for lack of a better word. And I remember at one of my breaking points um, on my way into work, I had a very long commute on the subway and I just closed my eyes and I listened to uh, audio meditation. I don't even know the name of it now, but thank goodness for whatever meditation audio that uh-huh. was. Like it, it seamlessly just put me into this space of acknowledging that whatever this problem was, I could not fix, but I could control how it was affecting me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my body suddenly started to crave meditation on the days I didn't do it. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I'm so thankful that it held space for me to hear my deepest self more clearly because mm-hmm. it gave me the strength to leave that job and to acknowledge how mm-hmm. toxic of a space that was and to realize right, that right. I deserved and wanted better for myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, that's awesome. And I'm so happy that you chose, you gave it a chance and you, um, 
you look at you now, like you know, um, from that planting of a seed, now you're here and you're helping others in your community to help to decrease a lot of those emotional and physical yes. um, challenges that they're having. So. You mentioned movement. What so is that? What kind of yoga do you generally practice and teach your clients? Like so, it's the can tell us a little bit more about what the movement is. So I call it movement because I believe, um, and I truly honor the culture and traditions that yoga itself is stemmed from. But there's Mm -hmm. so many other aspects of that work, and yoga is just one piece of it. And just like anything else, when something is often adopted into the mainstream, it gets taken out of that cultural context. And for me, the there's an amazing group of um, Southeast Asian yoga instructors who are changing the face of what yoga looks like and are reclaiming their heritage and doing that in a mm-hmm. beautiful manner. Um, and as an ally, I wanted to pay homage to that, but then to also recognize mm-hmm. that for me, it was it was reclaiming my body through my own movement. So mm-hmm. what I started to adopt and share within my community is autonomous movement. And it's really intuitive. <laughs> it's kind of hard to explain mm-hmm. nor visualize because um, yeah. it'll look different for each and every person. Um, it's kind of like music, like if your body was making music, which is what dancing is, it is mm-hmm. you releasing what is inside you, what you're feeling in that moment in time, but then also mm-hmm. in the context of what your body is telling you. Um, right. So it it's very healing. It's very intuitive. It's very grounding and uh, liberating. Um, I often feel very mm-hmm. free after I have a session like that for myself. And mm-hmm. it, it just looks so different for each and every person that it's just like a work of art. And I found that that type of practice best served me and my intention for the space I wanted to hold for BIPOCs because no movement serves everyone the same Mm -hmm. way. Uh, When you go into a a typical commercialized yoga class, they tell you to do downward dog Mm -hmm. and cat-cow motion. Right. And you don't know what any movement is going to feel in someone else's body. And I just didn't feel comfortable telling someone what to do with their body, but then also knowing that they're not going to get what they need to get out of it. Right. And that that compelled me to do things in a different manner. Right, right. No, thank you for sharing that. And you, you spoke about autonomy and having control over our own bodies and thoughts and feeling grounded, um, you know, especially for a woman of color um, or just people of color who are um, starting to... You know, we're at any given space. We're trying to gain that, regain that autonomy, right? We're usually so stressed Mm -hmm. out, especially due to various racial inequities and injustices and microaggressions and the Mm -hmm. pandemic and social isolation. And, you know, um, all of our lives are being affected by this. I think it's, as you said, it's very important to get to be grounded right and to find an, the ability after a long stressful day or a long stressful years right where mm-hmm. you know we're totally um stressed and overworked you know um have you been seeing more african-american you know or people of color coming into the practice 
seeking, mm-hmm. yeah, seeking this, this healing. Yes, yes. Um, so I, I, at first, I didn't, um, didn't prioritize how I wanted my space to be held and who I wanted my space to serve. Um, but for myself over the years, and especially with this year, I became, honestly, I just kept, I, I felt less guilty, honestly, saying that I wanted this space to be primarily for Black individuals and VIPOCs. Mm-hmm. And it's sad that I even felt guilty wanting that space mm-hmm. for our people mm-hmm. because every other space is made and to feel comfortable for someone of non-color. Um, mm-hmm. And it somehow felt like I needed to explain or, or make a make a good reasoning mm-hmm. for why I wanted that space to be held for us. Right. And once I changed that transition and mindset within myself, how I shared with my, my work with others resonated differently. Mm-hmm. And I also believe the accessibility of everything being virtual was a game changer as well, because many of my clients are not New York City based. Mm-hmm. And that's been tremendous to see the the level of impact I'm able to have because location and geographic um, area is no longer a boundary for right, us absolutely. for this healing. Right. So it's been beautiful to primarily and intentionally hold space for BIPOCs and Black souls mm-hmm. so that we can heal, mm-hmm. especially after the year we've had and the years we continue to have. Mm-hmm. And I, I say that like healing is resistance mm-hmm. and it's something I've said for myself because it felt, I guess it felt almost like selfish, mm-hmm. <laughs> focusing on yourself and your growth with everything that was going on this past year. And when the protests were happening, I wanted to be out on those streets and I needed to realize for myself that I played a different role in the revolution. Mm-hmm. And not only does my personal healing play such a crucial role to that, because I believe when I'm healing, I'm not healing for myself. I'm also healing for my ancestors. Wow. Yeah. And it's it's hard that I'm still in this space where it's hard to do things just for myself. Mm -hmm. So when I put my healing in that broader aspect and that broader perspective, it makes it have a greater value to me because it's not just for me now. my work is so personal to me because it's it's been so deeply tied to my personal identity and my own healing from my ancestral trauma and my uh, racial trauma because my cultural traditions have felt so far removed being a first generation and my mother being an immigrant that I I felt like I was trying to reclaim something that I didn't know what it Mm -hmm. was. And as I continued on this journey of building my business and healing, I realized how intertwined they both were because I was able to reclaim my heritage, my cultures through our herbal traditions mm-hmm. and through healing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And I know you mentioned your mom mm-hmm. um, being an immigrant from Costa Rica, right? Mm-hmm. How did some of that um, evolve into the the holistic piece? I know that I've been to Costa Rica and it's a, it's beautiful. Oh my god, I wish it's I was there beautiful. right now. Beautiful, <laughs> <laughs> I do too. Yeah. Oh. 
much of that is influenced and it sounds like there is a lot of influence but like how did you draw mm-hmm. from some of those um you know from from that yeah. those experiences and places and um spices oh, yeah. and you know how <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh so so much of it um it's so interesting because i when i was a kid i was very connected with nature. I couldn't quite explain it. I love the ocean and everyone's like, "You grew up in New York." Like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when I wanted to like pursue being a marine biologist because I was just so entranced and I couldn't quite explain it. Mm-hmm. And now all these years later, it finally makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I always just felt this calming aspect, this very grounding aspect of being in nature, being in tune with the natural environment and all the gifts that it gives mm-hmm. us. And my herbal work, but of course like my meditation and movement practice is so rooted in what the earth has given us. Mm-hmm. It's so deeply intertwined and part of it I didn't even realize until I was making my own herbal remedies. And my mother would tell me, "Oh, I love lemongrass." Mm-hmm. And my mother brought me up on tea. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> my family jokes that we were, well, me and my sister were babies drinking tea out of our bottles That's and right. we actually were. Yes. <laughs> and I can make it too and it's really like I know that, mm-hmm. you know, here in America they're telling you, "No, your kid can't drink this, you can't do this." And yes. I was one of those babies drinking uh lemongrass or in Jamaica they call it fever grass. Fever grass. Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> drinking tea like you know and it's so it's like yeah forget about milk forget about you know oh exactly. like fever grass tea you know so i mm-hmm. totally get it that's right exactly and i love that and uh, through this pandemic um that i shared with my mother i was able to hear more of her stories as she saw me making my herbal remedies it brought out these stories in her so she shared how she used to go picking for bush tea because in jamaica and costa rica anything you pick from the land you call <laughs> bush, bush that's tea. right that's right <laughs> and just all the knowledge that she had and my mother one day told me she was like I guess I never realized my parents were herbalists mm-hmm. and I was like yeah they were and they passed that knowledge on to you mm-hmm. and it was just amazing to be able to learn from her hear more of her stories because for me that's what connected me back to my mother's land mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it's hard to learn uh um it's hard to learn about something when you're not there and to feel connected and grounded and it was beautiful to feel transported there through my mother's story. Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome and that's a wonderful way. You know, I often talk about um as a younger generation preserving legacies, right? And I think that's a wonderful mm-hmm. way to preserve your, you know, your grandmother, your great-grandmother, your mother your mother's legacy and um i think sometimes without us even knowing it's innate in us um and you know if i'm sure if you went back and traced your roots you would see that this is what they did as you said they were picking and and um and saving and 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 getting um holistic and naturopathic remedies for the communities you know yeah. i think that we get drawn to it without even knowing that that was a part of our legacy and our lives before we even came about you know and you get drawn mm-hmm. back to it as an, as an adult and i think it's a wonderful way to honor your roots you know yeah yeah clearly absolutely now how many of your and i and i have to say this to the listeners and i don't want to be presumptuous but 
even though Bliss said that, you know, she is doing this practice to honor her roots and um, focusing on BIPOC communities, I know that you're not turning away white people, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. I'll still take your money. You know, taking everybody on this ride. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So I hold my healing sessions. Um, I just for BIPOC because it's very specific to racial and ancestral trauma. Mm-hmm. And then um, all of my herbal supports. So like my body butters, body oils, teas, um, and my meditation and movement um, sessions are open for anyone who will be served by mm-hmm. it. Um, I'm more than happy to always share what has served me with others in the hopes that it can serve them and so oh you touched on this a little bit but why more than ever right now is it important and necessary for us especially people of color to practice or to have these spaces Yeah. Um, So when I had one of my uh, Black community healing sessions over the summer, I asked myself that exact same question is, um, and I asked them that exact same question of why now? What's what's different about this now? Um, Because with the Black Lives Matter protests and with so many Black lives being killed, Mm -hmm. this wasn't new for us. This has happened years before it happens yesterday it'll happen tomorrow what Mm -hmm. felt different about this Mm -hmm. and I think for all of us it was this sense of isolation Mm -hmm. and at least for me personally the sense that even during a pandemic when we are shut in our houses Mm -hmm. that as my black body is not even safe in my own home Mm -hmm. and for me, it hit differently. Oh, <laughs> it, it was it was raw. It was it unleashed all of the wounds in a very different manner, and my emotions were high. I was crying every time I watched the news. My mood would change on like an hourly basis. It felt like, and I realized how much I needed a space with people who mm-hmm. understood mm-hmm. to just share and be vulnerable. Right, right, right. And for me, that was what was so important was just a community space. But then the healing modality that was needed, that was my resistance. Mm-hmm. So it was a space to be vulnerable, to feel all my feelings, to acknowledge that I'm not alone in this. Mm-hmm. But then it was the picking up of my armor to continue fighting because all of my ancestors fought so I could be here to keep fighting. Right, right. And my fight looks different. Everyone's fight looks different. Mm-hmm. But for me, my healing was my resistance. And it was a moment that if there was any moment for me to prioritize this, this was that moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I and it, it, thank you for sharing that. And I brought two people to mind. I think that sometimes <laughs> we're not even aware of how traumatic this is. I think I thought about Anjanette Young, who was a social worker, who, you know, you talked about family, you know, you talk about that your black body was not safe in your own home. And I think about mm-hmm. Anjanette Young, who was a social worker, a licensed clinical social worker who was, you know, she was, um, they were looking for a, uh, a felon and they came into her house while she was naked 
and handcuffed her, arrested her, and she's standing there. The body cam was, it was just, as a social worker, as a professional person, I was so taken aback. And it was, it was so disrupt, you know, it was just traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think about that. And I also think about Brianna Taylor, right? Sitting in your house, in yeah. your house or, yeah. you know, and being, and being killed um, um, in a so-called safe space. So you're right, it did hit differently. And I think it's the same way that this podcast um, came to fruition too, you know, just wanting to have a voice or a safe space to discuss these topics because you're, you know, this is what makes, make it different, you know, at this time in our lives. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it it seems seemingly small, but I found so much strength and collective vulnerability with others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's why I've I've really put community-led spaces in my work so deeply because the healing circles are so much of a deeper impact when we can heal together. Mm -hmm. What does those community um, spaces look like? Yes. So I have changed them from time to time. Um, But primarily, I will have like a prompt, we'll do some breath work, we'll do some meditation. um, And we'll do some journaling for those prompts. Mm -hmm. And then if anyone feels comfortable, they can share out. Um, But all of those spaces, it's been so beautiful to see folks acknowledge what they're feeling and being able to say that it's okay that I don't know what I'm feeling or that I'm feeling everything right now. Um, So just being able to acknowledge that it was okay to feel all of the feelings in that space was beautiful. Mm -hmm. But then for folks to just realize that they weren't alone, um, again, is a a seemingly small thing that has such a profound impact and I think was even more exponential given the isolation of the pandemic Mm -hmm. that and, and I think that's what brought folks to to want to protest and to go out in the streets. It's, it's that sense of unity and mm-hmm. sense of of belonging that we were all in this together. Mm-hmm. And it was it was tremendous to be able to hear the protesters day after day. Um, and I was I was moved. No, I was so deeply moved. Absolutely, absolutely. And it seems like your yoga practice not only influenced it influences you and your life and the people that you touch you know what are some of the positive um comments or stories that your your clients have said to you if you can just name like one or two like what have they said yeah um so the comments that i love the most um typically come from breath work Mm -hmm. and i put a big emphasis on that because our breath is something that we always have with us always Mm -hmm. it's free it's always with us it's life it's Um, life (laughs) it is And I had I had done a retreat for a friend of mine, and it was um, all older women who kind of I think were a little skeptical about the work. And one of them told me that they went home after the retreat and did some breath work when they had um, they had just eaten and they were having an acid reflux, and they they didn't think it was gonna work. They just wanted to like ease their anxiety. Um, of what their body was enduring and they were shocked when moments later the acid reflex subdued and they were okay and I have no medical background whatsoever so I cannot even explain to you I 
what was in nuances of what was going on and what happened. But it was beautiful to hear that right after the retreat, that was the first thing she was moved to use. Wow. She didn't get up to get medicine or whatever she felt or typically would have done because、um, she said she gets reoccurring acid reflux.、Mm-hmm. And she was like, she was amazed that her breath did the job.、Right. I was like, I'm not surprised at all.、Right. It was beautiful to see that she turned to it so quickly. Absolutely. That's wonderful. That's wonderful.、Mm-hmm. And we know that.、Um, You know, that yoga has so many health benefits, right?、Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and you talk about breathing. Could you name some of those health benefits for our listeners? Yes.、Yeah. So, for folks who, my mother has arthritis.、Um, so, a lot of my herbal remedies I, <laughs> came from my mom.、Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I love to get a soothe balm that I've made.、Um, and it has this really amazing plant called comfrey.、Mm-hmm. And it does an amazing job of just soothing any pain, but then also just like joint relief and muscle tension. And I always, I, I call my, my herbal products herbal supports、mm-hmm. because I never want us to think that anything is a one all fix. Right. <laughs> yes. So when it comes to this、um, type of、uh, movement, I will say and encourage someone, like, oh, massage, do a nice self massage with the soothe balm、mm-hmm. and then do some gentle movements. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my mother has arthritis in her knee and it's gotten better over time.、Mm-hmm. Um, working from home has also helped because it's not the hustle and bustle、mm-hmm. of、um, the commute in New York City. But any movement that you can bring to your body, it eases your joints and your any tension and your ligament and your tendons. And it, it really. It, in my opinion, I think it just creates more space in your body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.、Um, so, for myself, I had a lot of tension in my shoulders, and I always still do. So, I would get chronic shoulder pain、mm-hmm. um, on my shoulder blades.、Um, a lot of folks have found that they, and I don't like to ever say like weight loss is one of those、mm-hmm. health benefits, but I think you feel more comfortable in your skin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's when you make your own decisions of what you would like your body to look like and what you would like to do there. Absolutely.、Um, Absolutely. And I think that's, that's one of the most like, tremendous things you can get out of work like this is feeling so confident and sexy and happy、mm-hmm. and just feeling yourself in your own skin. It's such a beautiful Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. It's a mind body connection, right? It's just you know,、yeah. it's a holistic approach to your overall. Mental, physical, and emotional well being, you know?、Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you see, yoga is commonly used as for physical therapy.、Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's, it's definitely, it's been proven. I don't have the, the running list、mm-hmm. of benefits, but、yeah. it definitely is a mind, body, and soul connection、Absolutely. that has such a deeper impact than just physical. Yeah. And I know for myself, I used to practice yoga, and I'm not like a yoga nista, and I'm like, Contorted into all these different positions. I have a cousin who does. Oh, don't worry, I'm not either. <laughs> and、um, I haven't been、um, practicing in a while because of just being busy and being at home. And so I've been trying to get back into it. And lately I've felt my body just feeling so deconditioned, just tight. I'm just, my body just feels a mess. And Um, just I started having like lower back pain, and、um, I started stretching and doing yoga. And I, you know, you talk about your your support. I'm like, please hook a sister up because I, my, I like every night, my husband's like, is this for our lives? Like 20 years of marriage, we're sitting here, he's rubbing me down with like menthol, you know, and I'm like, please, like, I can't, what is this pain in my back? Like, you know, 
So I started practicing yoga again, and you can, I mean, I, I feel much better, you know, and just, as you said, being very cognizant of your breathing. I think that we're usually just like holding our breaths in and just letting it out. It decreases so much yeah. stress and anxiety. And so I can, I can attest to that, that it really <laughs> me starting up again for the past two weeks. Um, I can really, you know, I can feel the difference in my body. So it, you know, yeah. yeah and you're not alone with the pandemic. If you have the luxury or not of working from home, mm-hmm. we're all working in smaller spaces mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And we may not be as active as we used to be. Um, I know during the summer, I honestly didn't even feel comfortable running in my neighborhood mm-hmm. um, during the pandemic for many reasons. Wow. Mm-hmm. And we've all just had to turn to different modes of reconnecting to our body right, right and for me i found that my my legs my legs was where i was getting a lot of pain because i wasn't getting as much uh, movement in them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so whether you're sitting at your computer <laughs> working from home or you're still going physically to work mm-hmm. and you're just getting there in a different way that you're not moving as often mm-hmm. and we're not seeing folks in our neighborhoods as much so you may not be moving about in your neighborhood as often go for those walks even during the winter i push myself it's horrible yeah. i hate new york city yes, winters me too. but i'm still here <laughs> yes as we're, as we're waiting for the snowstorm tonight right we're like i know who's going out there to walk oh, oh my gosh it's amazing. you're right yeah. don't walk in the snow <laughs> But honestly, whether it's yoga or you're just throwing on a song and dancing, it's very cathartic. It's great for your mental health. um, And it's amazing to just feel your body feel free again. Absolutely. And I think that's all anyone really needs right now. Absolutely. Now, I know that, you know, and for our listeners, yoga, it's not, you know, and you can clarify for me, Bliss. It's usually, um, there are not a lot of African-American women you know women of color in in the yoga industry have you faced any challenges Mm -hmm. is it a benefit for you like tell us a little bit more about that yeah so I have learned um to surround myself with the community I want to I want my my space to look like Mm -hmm. um that does not mean that I do not know the reality Mm -hmm. of the industry Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I have very much was so choosing to surround myself with um amazing black um, and BIPOC instructors Mm -hmm. who are paving the way, changing the face of yoga, Mm -hmm. not caring what anybody thinks. Mm -hmm. And it is beautiful. It is fun. It is rebellious. um, And it just that reclamation of our our traditions and culture is just a beautiful thing. Yep. But that does not mean we are not aware (laughs) (laughs) of what the industry looks like. And like I said, I when I was younger, I wasn't comfortable going into a yoga studio and I'm a slender black woman Mm -hmm. but I can only imagine if I was a plus size individual Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have felt comfortable Mm -hmm. um I'm almost always the only person of color in the room and they'll often come to me multiple times are you okay and I'm like yeah I'm fine (laughs) I'm like are you at the same yoga studio that I used to go to Yes, <laughs> the one that's there with the pink mat and the locks, and they're like, "Are you okay, honey?" And they're rubbing, you know, touching oh, your back. God. Are you okay? Yes, <laughs> yes. and the, that was my other big thing. Touch. I'm, I'm not actually like a very closed-off person when it comes to touch, mm-hmm. but I did not appreciate how freely it was just expected to, for you to be okay with. Mm-hmm. And exactly like you said it, that you would get the touch and be like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> or my favorite was like, "Oh, go deeper." And I'm yeah. 
I'm not going deeper. I'm, deep. I'm listening I'm to my body. My body says no. <laughs> I'm going. I'm not going to deeper. Yes. And it's it's so interesting because I also feel like yoga looks and feels different when it's led by someone you can resonate with, which for me would be an individual of color. Right. And matters. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so much. And you know, when you're in spaces that what our whole lives mostly are in white spaces mm-hmm. versus when you're in spaces with like a fellow sister mm-hmm. you talk differently yes. how you <laughs> share something is different mm-hmm. and I find that I will do the same the, the cues I would give and the invitations I give have a total different resonation my like music playlist is totally different yeah. my vibe is different <laughs> it's true oh my goodness and I was like I like this bliss more and I was like I'm no longer gonna <laughs> put myself in these white spaces because it I didn't feel like me there I felt like I had to put on my facade so that they felt comfortable and yes they deserve to feel comfortable but I don't that doesn't deserve to happen at my expense right what are your goals and the future plans for your business like where do you see this business you know, post COVID, we're still in COVID. I can't even say post because we're still on that, train, on that COVID train. So, yeah, you know, no, it's so, so true. Yeah, so um, that's from, a great even, question. Even like in a year, like, where do you see yourself in a year? You know, with this business. So I, I hope I'm still doing what makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I'm still uh, well was unemployed but now working part-time uh-huh. um, so my business is growing but it's not at the point where it can financially support me mm-hmm. so that's definitely one of my major goals mm-hmm. um, because I don't as much as I love the work that I do I never want it to be a burden on me Absolutely. and sadly the reality of the world is I need to pay my bills mm-hmm. so. yeah hello <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So definitely getting to that space um, is the primary goal for myself. So I'm always looking to like figure out what my capacity boundaries are because they are real and they are present um, and know where I can grow and then look to take on um, some contractors and just like part-timers to support my work. Um, So that's definitely something that's in the forefront in the future. And I really, at the bare minimum, want to be able to continuously share my virtual offerings mm-hmm. as much as I can, mm-hmm. because I believe when people learn about different opportunities in different spaces, that'll bridge the gap for them, mm-hmm. for someone like who looks like me and someone with dark skin and locks, kinky hair, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. feel and see that their healing and their wellness is important. Absolutely. And if I do that at the bare minimum, I've done more than my job. Right. And as you're talking, I know that, you know, we see, I have many, um, women of color, men of color who are looking for these type of spaces in the oncology setting. And, you know, we can talk offline a little bit about that and, you know, making referrals and, you know, getting patients to, you know, for you to provide them the service so that I definitely see all of that in your future, you know? Yeah, I would love that. And it's, it's definitely just changing how people see themselves in these spaces Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's why I'm so unapologetic about 
holding it for people of color because we deserve to and honestly i personally feel like our healing is desperately needed of course no of course (laughs) so if anything else therapy wellness yoga movement herbalism yes come take it it's here for us (laughs) to reclaim and make it ours absolutely reclaiming it right Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things you'd like to leave with our listeners, especially people of color, about using yoga to practice self-care? What are your closing thoughts? <sighs> I just want them to know that their healing matters. Mm-hmm. Um, your your well-being matters. We deserve to live well. We deserve to live our lives authentically and be happy and feel content and fulfilled and we cannot change, and by that I mean over and quickly, um, the system that continues to oppress us and the society that continues to see us as if we don't matter mm-hmm. and that we don't deserve to live our lives beautifully the way we choose to. Mm-hmm. But we can change that for ourselves. Um, I choose to make my internal space, my safe space, to live my most authentic self Mm -hmm. because life is too short to live it for anything else. Absolutely. That's awesome. And where I feel so zen right now, like I'm about to brush my teeth and move and sweat, you know, at the sink, take my little bath. (laughs) I love it. So where can our listeners find you? How can we support you? What can we do? How can we find bliss? Yes. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so you can check out my website. It's holisticbliss.co. Um, that's where you'll get to see all of my herbal supports. Um, you can book a meditation or movement or both um, sessions with me. And you can sign up for my wait list for healing sessions if you're a self-identified you? POC. A, a yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a one woman yeah. show. I needed to establish my boundaries for myself. Right, so I was right. like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can follow me on Instagram, um, holistic underscore bliss. And this is all bliss with a Y. I should have specified that. I keep forgetting there's an actual word. Yes. <laughs> I should just copyright yeah. it. Um, B-L-Y-S-S. Yeah. B-L-Y-S-S. Exactly. <laughs> My mother is, uh, she is a fiend with names. So she picked my name out of the dictionary, oh. but she wanted it to be different. <laughs> no, and it is different. And look at how it's, um, I mean, it's your business, right? Like before you were even, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> you were a little baby. I know. Your mom created, you know, played a role in your creation and now you're here and your name amazing. is your, yeah, isn't that amazing? And you're on yeah. through your ancestral um, roots, mm-hmm. and so you guys are just both. You guys just tag team and honor each other all day, <laughs> all day long. You know, I yeah. know it's been quite a journey to get here, but I have finally arrived. 